live from Fort Bragg's backyard. This is the show that put the One Ted Nation on the map. There is only one nation, the One Ted Nation. And you're listening to the 110 Nation Sports Show. Covering each and every sport across the board. There is no sport too large or too little. It's time to talk the talk. Here we go. Here's the man, the founder, and your host, Mr. CJ Sports. Abilities. 
Um, he's been warned about his uh, flopping. I don't know how the Lakers are going to survive this series or this season without him able to flop and uh, get all those calls that he loves to get. Um, but uh, that was interesting. I, I didn't catch the, the one incident that finally got the NBA to finally say, you know, enough is enough. Here's your warning. Here's a slap on the wrist. We're not really going to find you, LeBron James. You're carrying the league, and uh, um, you're the most influential player that uh, I, in, in my lifetime in the NBA. And that's not, not taking away from Michael, Jack, uh, Michael Jordan. Um, but uh, when it comes to influence and how the rules have changed and how things have been handled, there's no one that has influenced um, where the NBA is now and how the NBA is ran. Uh, more than uh, LeBron James, and uh, let's, let's let's be honest. You think that they're honestly going to uh, find LeBron James, no matter how bo- horribly bad he flops? Come on, he's been he's made a career of it. Uh, what 18 years uh, at this point? Um, so, uh, but uh, congratulations on that. Um, <laughs> got uh, if you, you guys not like us on uh, Facebook, make sure you guys jump over and uh, check out the Facebook fan page. Um, we set, set up a couple of posts this last weekend. We drew quite a bit of attention. There's actually, uh, I don't know how many of those uh, new likes have made their way to the show and last night's show, but uh, we gained a good 30, 40 likes over the weekend and got quite a bit of attention on a couple of posts. Um, wasn't really planning on jumping into that, but uh, I did post a, a picture that was sent over to me of, uh, we're, we're going to call it the Toyota. We're going to use big air quotes on that one. The uh, Toyota uh, racing um, souvenir truck trailer, whatever you want to call it, Um, even though it just says Joe Gibbs Racing on it and it says the 2311 racing team on it, you know, that that fifth team that is not really a fifth team of Joe Gibbs Racing, um, since you're not allowed to have five teams in NASCAR, um, you're only allowed to have four, but, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing is Toyota Racing, so no matter how you spend that, that would make it a fifth team just just because Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan own it per se does not necessarily not make it part of Joe Gibbs Racing. You can throw the word satellite team in there all you want to spin it for your liking. But anyway, so you got a trailer, a souvenir trailer that says Joe Gibbs Racing on the top. And on the right-hand side, it's got a big picture of Bubba Wallace. And, you know, it was pointed out so very, uh, very much to me over this last two or three days uh, how many times Bubba Wallace's picture has been used in everything, every promotional everything, never won a race, won one truck series race. Um, do congratulate him on that. I did get an opportunity to interview him. Uh, we did a, a phone interview uh, the Saturday after he won that uh, Thursday race in Kentucky. That's the highlight of his whole career, other than the whole fake hate crime that uh, we, we got to uh, witness last year. And yet he is the poster boy, and his image is on everything, to include, we're going to call it once again, the Toyota Racing Trailer. Um, but we posted a picture about that, and I tell you what, you you, you guys are a fan of our Facebook page. You commented on it. Uh, I want to thank you. You guys all ran with it. Uh, it was quite entertaining um, to, to see the shares, the the comments, and uh, just just to see how many people checked out. Uh, I think that's probably got the most views of any post that we've ever put on that um, on that fan page. 
Then, of course, the other one was Clint Boyer. Um, talk about not cussing, and um, I, I forget exactly how it went. It was a humorous one of Clint Boyer. Uh, I'm really enjoying Clint Boyer being in the studio. Uh, give it a, a couple more weeks, and uh, I think he'll have this down pat. But uh, definitely been entertaining to have him up in the studio, listening to him call some races. Um, we weren't on the air. Where I wasn't on the air last Tuesday night as the uh, Bush Clash was running. Um, first, really the first race of the 2021 season, kickoff speed weeks. So couldn't miss that. It's um, good that I didn't miss that because I was sure in the hell that I get through the Daytona 500 with a five hour, I think they said five hour, 41 minutes uh, ring delay, something to that nature. Um, I didn't make it through the first, uh, first stage and I was gone. Um, woke up in the morning and found out that uh, Michael McDowell found himself in front row racing in victory lane, 14-year career, and finally got him uh, a win on the, the biggest stage of them all for the uh, NASCAR season, the Daytona 500. Um, so I was, was kind of glad. Um, didn't really want either, the, either one of the two front runners to uh, win the race. As, uh, um, Logano and uh, Kislevsky kind of took themselves out, but uh, yeah, it's been a been an interesting weekend when it comes to uh, to NASCAR. A um, lot of uh, a lot of interesting things came out of it. Uh, let's see, the Craftsman truck, or no, we're not Craftsman truck. World camping, yeah, they were we're world camping. We're, we was Gander, now we're back to it. Yeah. Um, the highest rating in in forever and up six percent from last year and I think the highest rating since 2017. Um but uh got got uh, quite a viewing Ben Rhodes um ended up being your uh winner at the uh the truck race. It was a it was a good race to watch. Um Bubba Wallace's team failed inspection twice, got sent to the rear of the field. The guys couldn't even make it 15 laps before that uh, rain delay and 16 cars get it involved in a, a big one to start off early today. So, uh, yeah, uh, the guys will be back uh, at Daytona as uh, they're not allowed to race in California, so they went ahead and doing the road course at uh, Daytona. So that ought to be fun to watch. It was interesting to see. Um, the Bush class and getting the, getting the kind of idea. Um, I didn't get to watch the uh, road course last year, so at Daytona, so that uh, that's, that's uh, that was an interesting with the whole chicane and the uh, bus stop and all that. Um, so uh, get an opportunity this, this Sunday to see them out there again um, on the on the uh, road course. But yeah. Um, a lot, of, a lot of controversy, a lot of back and forth with that whole fifth, uh, fifth team. Um, I don't know, just a lot of unnecessary shoving that whole situation down our throats, and you know, end up bringing up an, a conversation. Um, not the the whole Bubba Wallace thing, but um, talking about shoving drivers down our throats. Um, and I don't know if the guys talked about this last night, but it was it was a conversation that uh, we had in our our chat, our one ten chat group, um, talking about Haley Deegan and uh, how you know her this year being in the uh, the truck series with truck series, um, them them shoving her down our throats and claiming her to be the the next next big thing and and, and to be that 
female driver to finally, you know, kind of put women on the map and all this that they, they, they try to cram down our throat. And it, it's just crazy to me because, you know, we've had multiple female drivers come through this sport. We've had our Johanna Longs, who that honestly, if she would have had the financial backing because of mommy and daddy, and let's be honest, monsters on her her product because of dad and his his ex bikes or ex cross or cross whatever the hell he did with the bikes. They if it wouldn't been for his name, monster wouldn't be on her her stuff. So that this you know uh, uh, carry over and just like GoDaddy, the only reason they carried along is because of Danica's success. Um, and being in the commercials, and then, you know, Natalie has been on the show a lot of times. She wouldn't be where she was at if they didn't have the money they had to continue, you know, to, to kind of finance the sport, a very expensive sport. And I'm not going to hate on the fact that, you know, they had this money, you know, more power to them and, you know, more power to helping um, them be able to provide for the, the possibility of their kid reaching their goals and, and having this future. But that was kind of what everybody kind of threw everybody underneath the bus for. Well, the only reason Danica's in, in NASCAR is because of GoDaddy and, and because she does those commercials. And the other reason Natalie's in, in the, the, the truck series and now the Xfinity series this year is because mommy and daddy had money. Well, what makes Haley Deegan any difference? Why are you constantly shoving her down our throat to be in the driver, the female driver? that one is going to break barriers when she is no different to this point. At this point, actually, she's not even on the level of a Natalie Decker and a Danica Patrick at this point. At least Danica won a race at the top level in open wheel series and IRL in the Japan race. At least Natalie was the only female to be top five in a truck series race for a female. And yet, Haley Deegan's won, what, some K&N Pro Series races? And yet we're supposed to jump on board and acknowledge that she is just so much better than these other ladies to do it. I have more respect for Jennifer Jo Cobb, who, who's never won a Truck Series race. I don't even know if she's even finished in the top ten in the Truck Series race. But she's been doing it, and she's been doing it right, and she's been busting her ass to make ends meet and have a race team out there. And it's not riding off daddy's sponsors and labeled as the next big thing and crammed down our throat and kind of had the silver spoon handed to her. She's had to bust her ass to get where she's at and accomplish what she's done. And, and I, I, we're, 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 we're sitting there talking in this, this chat group, and we're, we're kind of, you know, we all agreed. We came to the same agreement that yes, it is. It is a bit much. It, it is overbearing what NASCAR is doing, and, and how these different critics are are shoving her down our throats. Like we're we're just supposed to accept that this is it and this is how it's going to be. And there there's no other woman to ever do this, and, and no other woman's ever going to do it to the level that she has done it. Even though she has not accomplished anything to this point, other than. Daddy's sponsors carried her into the truck series, uh, the, the Camping World Truck Series to this point. But then we also agreed that Danica was rushed into where to getting into the Cup Series. It was 
One year she ran a partial ARCA series, a partial ARCA series, ARCA series um, schedule. I don't even think she ran a whole one. The next year she ran a partial um, Xfinity series, or she might have did both in one, and then she was rushed into the Cup series. Wasn't ready to be there. And, and they've kind of done the same thing. And, and I, we all, it was Natalie, they kind of did the same thing. They kind of rushed her. I don't think she had already, should be already running Xfinity series races, but we also, us, also understand that sponsors have a lot to do with this. Why, you know, GoDaddy wanting her to be at that level and and junior motorsports having an open ride and and Stuart Haas having an open ride and Natalie getting an opportunity and, you know, these car, uh, these sponsors wanting to be able to put their name on a car and not have to pay the Penske's and not have to pay the Stuart Haas's, but be able to, be able to put their name on an Xfinity Series car and have that opportunity to be out on the track. You, you kind of take those there. And, you know, we see that with some of these these drivers that come out of the Xfinity Series that just take a ride to take a ride, not necessarily the best ride possible or ride that's going to win a championship, you know, because those rides are not, good, you're not necessarily open. You got some of these drivers that move up into the next series such as Christopher Bell, those stuff at Levine Racing last year. Now, we know that, you know, what he accomplished at Joe Gibbs Racing, he should have been in a Joe Gibbs Racing car, but the opportunity wasn't there, so he had to take a lesser ride until a better ride opened up. And not everybody gets that opportunity for a better ride to open up. And so I I understand a lot of it's got to do with timing and sponsorship, but we all also could agree that both of these ladies were kind of rushed through the, the, the uh, system um, and kind of pushed through the ranks faster than probably both of them should have. And let's, let's be honest, Ellie Digging is kind of following in the same footsteps. So the sponsorships and, and, and everything else has got her in the truck series are already not really accomplished anything to this point other than some K&N Pro Series races, not done really much in the ARCA Series. We didn't see wins out of there already in the Truck Series. Um, and so I, I just – I don't get why NASCAR gets on, on these these whole pushing drivers and pushing certain certain, certain – agendas, I guess the word we could use, um, and it just, it doesn't sit well. It, it, it just not, it's not a good look, um, and it makes you just kind of want to mute or tune out or just kind of fast forward through everything, and it's been quite a few topics over the last couple of years, but this, this, this was another one of those, just like, let us enjoy, let us observe, let us Okay, you know, at at some point, all right, okay, now we solidify what she's done. Now we, I, I, as as a fan, I can say, you know what, this is probably the best female driver I've ever seen, or you know, she has, you know, the skills to go and move to the next level. Don't don't tell me what I'm supposed to be thinking. Don't tell me how I'm supposed to be feeling. Let me kind of observe this on my own. Let me make my own decisions and not have it shoved down our throats. All you're going to do is do the same thing you did with Danica and and some of these other drivers. You're just going to cause resentment. You're you're just going to cause them to be the joke, the 
the, the, the butt of every joke out there, and that's what Danica ended up being because it was shoved down so many people's throats about Danica this and Danica that that she just ended up being the, the joke of every weekend and the the, the, the memes and, and everything else that went along with it. And that's the only thing that's going to end up happening with Haley if you keep doing the same thing that you, you've done with every other female driver to this point that you felt was the next big thing and, and this one's going to be different because of this reason or this one's different because of that reason. These last three females are, are not the first females. They're they're not one of very few. There, there's quite a few that have helped pave the, the path to where we're at today and why we have so many women in the sport and why there is so much diversity across the board. Um, and, and so let, let NASCAR just kind of slow down with this and let us enjoy what we're watching. Let us kind of decide as fans what we, we feel um, is the next the next big thing or let us absorb and decide when we feel that somebody has solidified themselves to be the the best female driver or the best this driver or the best that driver um, because this, this shoving it down our throat and wearing us down with it, just not winning anybody, any popularity contest or making us like that driver any much more. Like I said, hey, if you, you, you need a reference, just go back over the last five years, six years or so, uh, ever since Danica was, you know, pretty much from the, the, Xfinity series, maybe the Cup series on, and just go through the timeline of all the memes and all the jokes and, and all the the horrible posts that were posted about her. That that's your your prime example why you you really need to slow this roll down because um, it, it gets beyond gets beyond ridiculous with that. Um, you know, I I, I saw this. Uh, interview um, that was done with Bruce Arians. We're talking about Tom Brady. You know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. You know, as someone that that has had, I'm not going to say the success that I've had, but a person that in in my current field has had the fortunate to have the numbers that I have had. You know, I, I, I took over a store 14 months ago at this point, and I, I kind of had somewhat part of this conversation with my boss today, not not the part I'm going into, because um, the numbers were sent out today, and um, there, there's a change percentage or whatever, and, and for some reason, my store is in red in every category. And we're like negative double-digit percentages in every category. And, you know, I, I, I sent a text message. I'm like, how is this even possible? Like, I'm up fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a week compared to when I took over 14 months ago. You know, this, this, this store was doing thirty-three dollars to $35,000 a week. I'm doing $50,000 a week. How is it even physically possible? that I am in the red with double-digit negative percentage numbers. Like, this makes no sense to me. And he's like, look, um, we're, we're going we're to go over this when, tomorrow, Wednesday. 
in our, our conference call. And so it's going to be going to be a kind of an ex, extensive conference call. Well, that was got to do with us zeroing out orders. And, and what that means is, you know, I, I got to do two truck orders a week. And what we do is we go in, we load up the automated order that they, they, they suggestively say we need. Then all of us go through and we clear that out. We zero everything out. Then we take our hand held out and go order everything that we, we, we know we need. And, and so that's given us a false number. And we didn't, nobody knew this until this whole report came out, that this was going to affect any kind of report. And like I told him, you know, if I, I let them do the automated order and didn't zero it out, uh, my back stock room is ridiculously stupid, crowded as it is, because we've had two other smaller stores that had no pumps close over the last, I don't know, six, eight months. And so I got stuck with all their sanitizer, all their hand wipes, all their masks, all anything nobody wanted. So even though I have a huge store and a big back stock room, it is ridiculously slammed full with just stuff that's been dumped off from two other stores. I was like, if I didn't zero out these orders, I would have a whole back room just full of like you wouldn't even be able to walk in this back room because it it suggests of orders ridiculously stupid amounts of stuff, the stuff we don't even carry no more, stuff that it just, we don't need. It just it's ridiculous. I was you know I couldn't imagine. Well, I'm not gonna say I can't imagine. I can't imagine because this has been said, but. You know, when when I like I said, when I took over this store, it was it was thirty three, thirty five a week. We're doing last week we did fifty. A couple weeks ago we did fifty three. So we, we do, I don't know, on average fifty one to fifty three. Um, I know the last three four weeks we've done fifty plus. And so we're we're up a considered amount in sales. Our cash when I took over was all over the place. I I, I don't know, I won't even imagine how much money they were losing in cash. On average now, twenty to forty dollars either way for the entire week. And, and that just not just counting the fifty thousand of sales. We do hundreds of thousands of dollars in transactions every day. Lottery you figure we do thousands of dollars every day, but only seven cents on the dollar count. Same with gas, only a few pennies on the day count, on the on the on the gallon actually count for sales. So even though it only says or it says we do fifty, we do hundreds of thousands of dollars a week. So to only be off twenty to forty dollars a week is really just about damn perfect. Um, lottery been perfect every audit in fourteen months. Up until this last weekend, an employee that worked for two days and stole 15 cartons of cigarettes on us, my 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 cigarettes have only no more than a carton off in, in 14 months. Get audited every other month. Um, audit before I took over, 15 grand missing. The last two audits, one I was missing 3,500 dollars. The other one, $2,500. So not even six thousand dollars in a four month period of time versus fifteen grand on one audit just before I took over the store. And to be questioned my focus and be questioned my loyalty because somebody sees a DoorDash bag in my back seat kind of blows my mind. Like 
I work all shifts, second shift, third shift, first shift, whatever I need. 50, 60, 70, how I've had 90-hour paychecks. So for there to ever even be a question to my dedication, my loyalty, my focus on my job, regardless of what I do in my own personal time, if it be sit here and talk on the show, go DoorDash, go play in the snow, go play in traffic, whatever I choose to do should have nothing to do with my, my, my focus, my dedication, my loyalty to my job, especially to see over the 14 months the difference in sales, shortages, cash, everything has gone on. But then you have someone like Tom Brady. Now that my mine was on a small scale. I'm not already a a six time Super Bowl champion. I ain't already been to nine Super Bowls. Already been in the playoffs sixteen out of twenty years. League MVP. Um fourteen time Pro Bowls, three time MVP, three time all pro. Two-time Offensive Player of the Year, 2009 Comeback Player of the Year. All that's not on my resume. And still have people question whether or not you're, you're, you're the best to do it in your position. Or, or to question whether or not it was Bill Belichick. Bruce Arian, in an interview, told reporters that the reason Tom Brady came to Tampa Bay was to try something different, that he wanted to show people that he could do it somewhere else, that he could do it without Bill Belichick. I couldn't imagine. Like it, 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 it's turned to my mind for the last couple of weeks when, when when I heard what I heard, knowing what has happened over the last fourteen months of 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 my career out of being with this company for six years. I couldn't imagine having a a, a nineteen what nineteen twenty year career. Being in the playoffs 16 years, being in nine Super Bowls, winning six of them, having being being in the Pro Bowl 14 times, basically being the best quarterback in the AFC 14 years out of the 20 years, league MVP three years, and to still be questioned, and, and feel that you got to uproot. Go to a completely different conference and have to go out to win a Super Bowl and with another team to prove whether or not everything that you've accomplished, that that mile-long resume that you've accomplished was valid. I mean, in in his career, he's thrown for over 79,000 yards. Completed over 64% of his passes. 
581 touchdowns to only 191 interceptions. We got quarterbacks in the league. He's not even in the league five, six years and throwing more interceptions than that. This man been in the league for 21 years and not even throwing 200 interceptions. Two hundred and thirty wins, two thirty sixty nine is one. What sixty four? No, this is uh, yeah, it's record. That is that is insane. And to know that it even feels like that was like was being questioned. Was it the system? Was it Bill Belichick? And the sad thing is, if he wouldn't have gone to the Super Bowl, I think possibly if he wouldn't even won the Super Bowl, even if he made the Super Bowl, this would still be a question. And and unfortunately, the sad thing is, because of some questionable call, I might say questionable calls, there's always calls that are missed and, and bad. And if the Chiefs want to use referees as the the reason that they lost, even though Mahomes didn't even have a touchdown the entire game, and we we watched passes bounce off receivers' helmets like it was just, it was it was it was it was, a, it was quite a humorous thing to watch. But and I you know I hope this is what happens. Tired of hearing about all my homes. Tired of hearing about these Kansas City Chiefs. I hope, I hope Tom Brady goes in there, and I hope the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just punch them in their mouth. That's exactly what happened. That defense was something crucial. Sorry, Kansas City, you can't use officials as your, your scapegoat, especially knowing how you got into the Super Bowl. Remember that that helmet-to-helmet hit? That, that should have been called that would have gave Cleveland the ball on the one-yard line and probably would have kept you even getting past Cleveland. Yeah, that, that no call that, that, that saved your, your playoff run, that helped get you in the Super Bowl, you, you can't benefit from bad calls and then blame not being Super Bowl champions on a bad call. My whole thing is, you're going to have bad calls every game. You didn't hear me ranting and raving and pissing and moaning. It's going to happen to Cleveland. It was a bad missed call, but that was the end of it. I'm a, I'm a big fan that you, you don't let a bad call or two dictate your game. You take care of the rest of the things that need to be taken care of. A bad call or two wouldn't have made a difference. A bad call or two wouldn't have made no difference for the Kansas City Chiefs. You couldn't even score a touchdown. You lost by, what, 22 points? Was it 31 to 9? Wouldn't have made a difference. That's like the no call with Cleveland. That might have lost the game. I don't know. But the fact that you couldn't stop a backup quarterback that hadn't even thrown a pass in in a playoff game ever in his career, Chad Henney, As upset as I, I would like to be and say that was the whole reason the Cleveland Browns didn't advance. Fine. We we 
We couldn't even stop a backup quarterback on a fourth down play. Mahomes went out the end, of the halfway through the third. There, there's like no, really, no excuse. Unfortunately, that's you know, that's how that's going to roll, and so people are still going to question. And constantly throw in that that Tom Brady has the referees in his back pocket and all these other things that I've seen. And it's like, what what does one have to do? <laughs> He's gone to ten freaking Super Bowls. He has more Super Bowl wins than any franchise in NFL history. And I promise you, if you go back and watch the Steelers or go back and watch the Cowboys, I, I guarantee you, you'll, you'll find a couple calls that went in their favor and helped them win their game. That, that If it went, went the other way, it might, they might not have won. It might have killed the momentum. might have killed a drive. It, it might have prevented the score. Who knows? They said, you're, you're going to have bad calls. You're going to have missed calls. That's why I was asked, and people ask, you know, can't they, they – do a replay and change, you know, a missed call or that call. No, like if you go back and watch a replay, you're you're going to see a holding almost every play. You're going to see a pass interference that probably should have been called every almost every play. The game would be eight hours long if you uh, went back and reviewed every play and, and used replay to change and, and call penalties and everything else. I do agree the helmet the helmet one that that should be reviewable and, and that should be able to be called that's more of a safety issue that's that's why we we've gone through this whole helmet to helmet and the, the safety protocol and the redoing of the uh, re uh, doing of these helmets and everything else is more of the safety of the players referees ain't perfect. There's a lot, lot of things that they are working on to help advance this game and make it better. Right? And I was listening to something. I bet you at some point they're going to be able to track the ball. So you'll have better placing of, you know, where the ball should be spotted, especially in those punts. There ain't nothing worse than watching somebody a punter kick the ball out of bounds. And then it'd be, especially be your punter, then you, you watch him pick that ball to the 15-yard line and he runs it all the way back up to the 45-yard line where he thinks it went out of bounds across that line. There, 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 there's a lot of things going to change in the NFL. They, they're working on a lot of things. But they're not going to get it recall. They're not going to get this perfect. That's why I, I, I believe you'll never see me get irate, pissed, and blame the referees for, for a game. Because if your team takes care of business and do what they need to do and take care of what needs to be taken care of, a bad call or two. No. But to, to, to see these posts and, and to, to, I, it's, I mean, Super Bowl is what? Two weeks ago at this point? Almost three weeks ago? Two and a half weeks? And I'm still seeing the same posts and the same memes. And I'm like, and to see Bruce Arians' interview come out, and to see this, where 
Tom Brady felt he he needed a change that he had to to, to try it a different way that he wanted to to uh, to show people. Like at this point, you, you don't you should have to know that you got to show anybody anything. Seventy nine thousand two hundred four freaking passing yards. Five hundred, and he's gonna have six hundred touchdowns next season. Probably still won't even have. He might, he might even finish with two hundred interceptions. Through twelve this year, forty touchdowns. Everybody talk about his arms, not, not like it was. <laughs> Man threw for seven point six yards an attempt. You know, it's better than his average. Remember the days when he had Randy Moss and we kept seeing those long balls? You do realize he threw more yards per attempt last season when everybody said he's washed up and got the same arm. That's the only reason he, the only way he can make it is with the slot receivers and he throw these little five-year-old or five-yard slants. You, you, you do realize that he threw more on average every attempt. And he did in his average career, his career average. Like I said, I, you know, I, I kind of scratched my head when I, I heard things being questioned in, in my little six-year career at my job. And I, I know what I've accomplished at all three stores that I, I've ran and the the turnaround and My, my my numbers speak for themselves, and, and I feel that Tom Brady is in the same boat over a 21-year career in a much harder field. We, we've had this conversation before uh, about loyalty when it, when it comes to players and it comes to franchises, and uh, Draymond Green kind of went off um, the other day, yesterday, I guess. Um, basically upset about uh, people being upset uh, how Harden handled it, where he sat out and demanded a trade, and but now Cleveland sitting uh, drumming and is not going to play him and try to trade him before the March 25th deadline. And so you, 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 you kind of got people on both sides of this this whole thing. And I have kind of spoke on this in the past. The first thing that people throw up and kind of where Draymond Green went with it as well is these franchises don't have loyalty. Why should players have loyalty? I'm not a big fan. I can't stand to watch players sit out. Demand trade, demand more money. You're in a contract. If you exceed your, your expectations in your contract, you'll be rewarded with your next contract. 
that uh, they get a contract and a year into it or a year or two years into it, you feel that you play more or you perform at a higher level, higher level than you're paid and the demand that you be paid more or refuse to play set out and everything else to me is, is crap. I will say that there are some franchises that do take care of their people and I applaud them for it. And uh, those that don't, when when you have a significant um, outperforming, how 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 I want to word this, when you have a player that completely outperforms their contract and what was expected, and a team doesn't make that right, yeah, it's a pretty crappy deal. I have less respect for a franchise that does not take care of their players and do not reward them for outperforming their, you know, most places, especially at at higher levels, if you outperform what you're getting paid, you get compensated in what we call a bonus. I know every job doesn't have that, but that's kind of how I feel that teams should compensate. You restructure a contract if you outperform as in, Kind of like you're getting a bonus, but your your contract being restructured. But I, I'm talking about you need the, these players need to really outperform their their the, the expectations. And I also feel that if that that's a thing, then let's 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 make these contracts um, incentive bonus heavy. So that way, if they do outperform their contract, they're rewarded and bonuses and incentives that kind of compensate for them outperforming their contract. But to, to refuse to play because you feel that you outplay or you now, now you got Dak Prescott in this whole situation where you bet on yourself, you make them franchise tag, franchise tag you. Now you get hurt. Now you're probably going to cave in some. Dallas is probably going to cave in some. You're going to be in the middle. You're probably going to get paid just about as much as you were going to get paid anyway. See, my, my whole thing with this is, is franchises and, and teams don't necessarily, I feel, have to have the loyalty to the players. And what I mean by this is they spend the money. They hire the employees, just like any other job. If I'm not performing up to my job's expectations, I can't be fired. I don't even get the option to be traded. I can't be traded to another store for another company for in replacement and still have a job. If, if, I, if I'm not playing to expectations or can't perform to the level they need me to perform, all they're going to do is cut me. I will be terminated. That's going to be on my record as being let go. At least these players have an opportunity to be traded somewhere else or go somewhere else and get a contract, even possibly a more lucrative contract. Or if they're at least playing to a certain level, they're going to be able to go get another contract. There's no guarantee that if I get cut from my job because I didn't perform to the level that they want me to perform, that I can go to the next company and get paid to that, even get a job, but get paid to that level. 
these franchises got to pay all these salaries, the taxes, insurances, the upkeep, all this stuff. I don't know where where and where we got to the mentality that we that the people feel that the players and the owners should are on the same level and the little TV should be the same. Now, if your franchise is taking care of you, then yes, I feel that the players should be loyal to that franchise as long as they are paying you what you you feel you're worth or you're pay, you're being paid to market worth, and that franchise is also doing all they can to improve or be competitive. Now, if you're an organization that they ain't doing nothing to be competitive, then I know that I don't see you have to have loyalty then. I don't even I don't even know if loyalty is really the right word. I mean, if you're there, you got a four-year contract, then at least your four-year contract. I'm, I'm not saying you got to spend your life there. I enjoy the company I work for. I have, really have no intentions to work for any other company. But if I wasn't happy there, then no, I, nobody expects me to stay there and not look for another opportunity. If another company in my field offers me a, a district or regional manager opportunity. I'm not going to say I necessarily will take it, but I'm not going to say that I wouldn't. I think the whole Kevin Durant thing, everybody was all, all big about Kevin Durant. I don't blame him for going to Golden State. Why say Oklahoma is not going to put a team around him and win a championship? It's just you and Westbrook done lost everybody else. Why not go play? He, he took a pay cut. It wasn't like he demanded more money. He put himself an opportunity to go win a championship. He he put himself an opportunity to be the part of the best of the best. That's like everybody being mad about LeBron James. What, what are you going to hate on LeBron James for? Because it puts a team around him. Players are willing to take less money, small contracts, to play on a team to come together to win a championship. I wish I had a, a, a an employee or two on my roster that was able to pull in high-quality employees to make our roster the best, to make our store the best. Yes, I don't like the fact that he, he went to Miami and didn't like the fact that he left for L.A. I'm not a LeBron fan. I'm a Cleveland fan. I was asked today, do you not watch basketball? Well, one, is too political. I, I watch sports to watch sports, not to, to get everybody's political view. I said, but two, Cleveland sucks again. <laughs> I don't like watching other teams. Everybody knows that listens to this show. No, I'm, I'm about my teams, and that's it. Ninety-nine percent of the time, the Cleveland Browns ain't on. I'm watching the Red Zone. I ain't just watching one team, unless it's a Sunday or Monday night game. That's the only game on. Rest of the time, the odds are I'm on Red Zone, so I can see all the games going on. Kind of way the same with Cavaliers. If I could, you know, they they had a Red Zone, I could watch different games going on. It's horrible to watch Cleveland lose all the time. 
James Harden went it the wrong way doing how he handled business, going out partying with all the COVID-19 stuff. And it's one thing not wanting to be in Houston. I can understand the frustrations of being in Houston and and not getting a team put around you, even though Houston tried putting a team around you. You know, you, you would pass the ball instead of putting up 60 shots a game or had a better field goal percentage. I mean, you're doing your thing in Brooklyn. Don't get me wrong now, but Houston, you just shot all the damn time. Did that damn annoying ass Euro step, and that was it. Don't play no defense. Do you expect old ass Chris Paul to bail you out in defense? I mean, come on. He was like 80 years old. But it, it just kills me that you you got these players that are all upset about loyalty and franchises. Well, the franchises got to do what they got to do to put seats or people in the seats to sell sponsors to continue to have money to pay you. You sign a contract, you fulfill your contract. If you know there's a possibility you are going to outperform your contract, you make sure that there's incentives in it to compensate for if you do outperform your contract. Once your contract's up, then just like a job, you go on and go about your business. Apply somewhere else. In other words, try to go on another team. Whole idea of loyalty. You only got a few players that, and it's very few players that will will live and play their whole career on a team. I mean, twenty years in Tampa, in New England, or Tom Brady now. All those years in Indianapolis, where did Peyton, Peyton Manning finish? All those years that Philip Rivers was with the Chargers, where did he finish? All those years and all those championships that Michael Jordan won with Chicago, where did he finish? It's funny because all these people, everybody throw all these names out. But this person not loyal, that person not loyal. Look at Tom Brady, look at LeBron James. Michael Jordan didn't finish with the Bulls. The man you call the greatest basketball player at all time that you guys put on the basketball Mount Rushmore and holier than thou. He didn't finish in Chicago. What about his business? I don't blame these franchises and these owners not being loyal. These players, even the most holier than thou basketball player wasn't loyal. Two people you throw out there to be the GOAT in their perspective sports. Michael Jordan and Tom Brady. Both of them went to another team on their own, their decision. Chicago didn't want to get rid of Michael Jordan. England sure in the hell didn't want to get rid of Tom Brady. Four Super Bowls for Joe Montana in San Francisco. Did he finish in San Francisco? No, he finished in Kansas City. This whole franchise and owner loyalty, there's no loyalty and no loyalty anywhere. It's a business. Players go where they can get paid or feel that they can win championships. Franchises, they they make contracts so they can put the best team they can put out there and and try to put the best team they can out there to fill seats and, and get sponsors, marketing partners. 
loyalty. And you, you got these players all upset about this stuff. Come on. Make sure you guys go check us out on Facebook, the One Ten Nation Sports. If you guys have not liked us, make sure you guys go up there and like us. I want to thank uh, and welcome all those that uh, um, found their way over to the One Ten Nation uh, um, Sports fan page over the weekend. Was not quite my intentions by the post. I was just sharing something that was shared to me, and I didn't expect it to turn out the way it turned out. But you know. Thankful it did, and uh, for those that uh, are here listening to the show tonight, because of that, I want I want to thank you and, and welcome you on uh, welcome you, welcome you to the One Ten Nation. Uh, make sure you guys check out the site www.the110nationsports.com for all the latest going on here at the One Ten Nation. Like I said, there's a lot of uh, Major League Baseball signings going on. We've been trying to keep you guys updated with uh, on that. Also. Uh, a lot of press releases um, with the uh, partnerships we have with a lot of race teams. So uh, make sure you guys check those out as well. Uh, be transitioning over into the regular season and some NBA stuff. So make sure you guys continue to check that out. Um, talk about marketing partners. If you're interested in being a marketing partner of the 110 Nation, all you got to do is hit me up. Uh, hit, uh, send me an email, mrcjsports at gmail.com. we got a marketing, uh, marketing partner plan for everybody. So all you do is just hit us up. Uh, for the show, the site, whatever the case may be. Um, don't forget Monday nights right here on the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network, Race Chat Live. You got Craig, Chris, and Taz in the studio. Um, like I said, for the next month or two, they've got guests joining them. So uh, um, they got a lot of great uh, people joining the studio and uh, joining them. So make sure you guys check that out. Um, get you guys ready for actually recapping the uh, Daytona Road Course on uh, Monday night um, and getting you guys ready for the race after that and catching up on all the the latest of the local tracks as well. So make sure uh, you guys tune into that. Um, you guys can find us on Twitter at 110 Nation. That's about everything on that. I will be back in the studio Tuesday, Tuesday night. So ladies talking to me here, tell me I got 10 seconds. Um, Tuesday night. Um, 8 o'clock right here on the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network for the 110 Nation Sports Show. You guys enjoy your week. Um, be safe. Stay warm. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the 110 Nation Sports Show with Mr. CJ Sports. You are a part of the 110 Nation. So be sure to visit the110nation.com for everything related to the show. You can follow CJ on Twitter at 110nation and on Facebook at 110nation sports. Until next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.